Let's start the show by talking about my new sponsor, Paloma Verde Store. Head over to PalomaVerdeStore.com for all of your CBD needs. They've got the CBD gummies, topicals, the salve, sports cream, soft gels, the tinctures. They've even got pet products. I love this stuff. Having gone to a night shift recently and having trouble sleeping during the day, it helps mellow me out and put me right down whenever I need to get some sleep for the day so I'll be refreshed for my night shift. And Carlos and his wife Vanessa are awesome people, so I highly recommend go over and check out PalomaVerdeStore.com for all of your CBD needs. And when you get there, if you enter in the promo code FACTS, you get 25% off anything in the store. Plus, if you sign up for the email, you get an additional 10% off. So that's potentially 35% off on your first order. And all orders over $75 are free shipping. So go over to PalomaVerdeStore.com and check it out. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast, episode 59, and today I am joined by the unicorn daddy who uh, I consider him my best friend on Twitter, if such a thing exists. Uh, He was deeply offended being the self-proclaimed leader of the Libertarians, not having been invited on any of the Libertarian podcasts, and I figured... Why not? Plus, we'll just have a fun conversation and see how it goes. So introduce yourself, kind of uh, tell us maybe briefly who you are and uh, what you do, and then we'll kind of jump into it. Oh, you know, I just talk shit on Twitter. That's basically it. Don't we all? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, is uh, is your Twitter personality like exceptionally different from your your real life personality or are you pretty much the same everywhere i feel like i'm pretty much the same a lot nicer in person but i would say pretty much the same i i feel like my twitter persona is kind of the uh the unfiltered me like it's everything that goes on in my head but that i uh that i don't let out in you know uh in polite company but yeah on twitter it's just free-for-all it all comes all comes flying out uh i feel you <laughs> all right so so what was the inspiration and the motivation for your profile picture like, let's start with that uh, <laughs> uh, i had a friend back in high school he once posted a picture of him doing the exact same thing just without the christmas hat and i co- i copied it um i just added the christmas hat that's pretty much it it was the most random thing. I woke up one day, I opened Twitter, and there was a post that said, uh, Black Naked Santa with an AR was the thing that I never realized I needed in my life. And I was like, yep, I absolutely need that too. We're going to hit follow on that one. <laughs> and uh, I am uh, very pleased with that decision. You, you, you put out some pretty good stuff. I mean, your, your tweets are highly entertaining. Uh, so... So what brought you around to, uh, like, the ideas of liberty and libertarianism? Do you do you uh, affiliate with any, like, with a party in particular? Because, like, I know a lot of people who consider themselves members of the liberty movement aren't necessarily libertarian. Where would you, uh, where would you put yourself on that, that whole spectrum? Uh, I guess I'm a libertarian, you know. Just anarchist and libertarian. Just pretty much there. 
Um, I don't know what really brought me to Libertarian exactly. I remember I had a high school teacher. He was sort of like, I think maybe a Libertarian or like a small government conservative. I don't know. But um, I remember he like put a lot of these views in my head, like minimum wage and guns and stuff. But I feel like I would have came to libertarianism either way. I mean, I don't really know. It just sort of happened. It's like slowly over time. I feel like everybody, to some extent, as they get older uh, and kind of start to see the intrusiveness of the government in just literally every aspect of everyday life, you either come around to libertarianism and anarchism or you just go full-on status like there is no in-between ground it doesn't seem like so were your uh were your parents like did they lean politically in any particular way or i mean they say they're independence but um like, I think most of their views are, like, with the Democratic Party, you know? So how do but they, they don't really, like, they're not, like, political people, though. How do they feel about you being a uh, gun-toting anarchist? <laughs> well, they don't know I'm an anarchist, and uh, they, they just see my guns and just like, oh, you know, he has guns, who cares? So, I mean, at least they're cool with that. Uh, yeah. It's not like they're, you know anti-gun folks or something. All right. So what since since we were literally just chatting about this very uh very briefly or limitedly on on Twitter, what are your thoughts on secession? I know you're from Florida, correct? Yeah. So so there have been, you know, secessionist movements uh pretty strongly in Texas of late. Uh, South Carolina is always on the on the brink of declaring secession. And there's been some chatter, at least amongst some of the, uh, like the Liberty podcast type uh, people that, you know, Florida could, should consider secession. What are your thoughts on that? And then we'll kind of look at that uh, that big map of the U.S. that's so terribly broken down. Well, I mean, I would prefer it if I, if my house seceded at least, you know, just my house. Um, but yeah, I would definitely want Florida to to secede. And uh, my best friend said that if Texas were to secede, he'd move there. So I mean, I moved to Texas too. Yeah, there is definitely a uh, a growing inclination towards that, and it's not viewed as the negative thing that it may have been for for a long time. Um, like, like I remember once. I don't know. You're you're pretty young. You're in your early twenties, right? Yeah, twenty two. Okay, so so this might have been you might have been a little bit young for it, but like uh, South Carolina had talked about secession probably ten or twelve years ago, and like uh, it was it was like this horrible thing. Everybody acted like it was the worst thing in the world. Now now Texas and Florida and other you know now the talk of secession gets thrown around pretty regularly and even you know california had talked about it prior to the 2020 election that if trump got reelected, that that they would secede so so now it's kind of becoming a more uh 
I guess a more culturally acceptable and uh, you know discussed topic. So so with that, you know, we we were looking at that that map that had the the U.S. broken down into four pretty big districts, and you know, we were briefly chatting about some of the problems with that map. How would you how would you see it breaking out? Like if it did break down and different regions of the the country kind of formed uh, like smaller European style countries within the you know the the overall mass of the United States. How do you think that would break down? Uh, it's kind of hard to say. I feel like a like um, a large chunk of the country wouldn't actually leave. Um, I don't know. I I I feel like if I had a map, I could like sort of like visualize it better. It does make it a lot easier to uh, to look at it like on a state by state uh, basis. And, like I, I do kind of understand or agree with what you were saying. Like because I feel like D.C. North, uh, like from Washington D.C. North, going into Jersey, New York, into that area, like basically the original colony type area, uh, that would probably just remain intact as the United States. But like after that, I I kind of feel like, especially as you go further uh, further south and further west, it just all splits up because. Uh, culturally and just societally the way things are in, you know, like I'm in Indiana and I'm from Kentucky. Uh, this part of the world is a lot different from Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, where I also lived for a long time. Uh, you know, so, and then Texas, North or uh, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona, like it's it's a very different place out there as opposed to Colorado and in the more the the more mountainous regions like so so there's a big you know there's a whole bunch of very very diverse parts of the country that uh really kind of culturally makes sense that they would split up together and in the end of it you would end up with like six or seven maybe eight different uh different regions but how they all because they don't divide very they don't all divide evenly down uh like state lines, you know what I mean? Like Florida, I'm not going to try to dox you or anything, but like I don't know what part of Florida you're from, but the farther south you go into Florida, the more uh, the more progressive it seems to get. Whereas, you know, especially if you're up in like the panhandle part of the state, that's extremely conservative, you know, southern. And then even towards the middle of the state, depending on, you know, which coast, like it's Florida itself is very diverse state all on its own. Like it, it could almost be split up into three or four different regions, you know? Yeah, I feel like it, like you like, uh, split Florida down like south. I don't know, maybe like before. Um, like let's see, it's St. Lucie, I think, and Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and uh, West Palm Beach. Yeah, I feel like if you take those out of Florida, it'd be pretty, it'd be pretty good, you know. Pretty, pretty consistent beyond that. Yeah. Oh, that was something that, so that was a comment that somebody had made was that it would be uh, city-states and then everything else would just be like uh, coordinated regional areas, which I could see some validity to that. Because like if you look at LA, San Francisco, like the big, uh, 
the big metropolitan hubs of California, like those dictate California. But if you go into Northern California or even into the, the Eastern parts of California, it tends to be more conservative, a little less uh, radical and insane. It's the same for New York. Like if you're in New York City or or in Jersey, if you're around Trenton and that, you know, Northern on the, on the New York border of, of Jersey, like it's extremely progressive and very, uh, very liberal and all Democrats. But if you go into upstate New York, it, it becomes more conservative. If you get into the Southern part of Jersey, the Southern part of Jersey is all very, uh, agricultural and it's like, it's not what you expect from Jersey, you know, when you like, well, if you watch the Jersey Shore and stuff like that, like the southern part of New Jersey is they have rodeos and all kinds of fun stuff. So, it, you know, I could see the uh, like the big metropolitan hubs becoming their own entities and then just leaving everything else to fend for itself, which I, I bring it on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what do you want to talk about? What's some uh, pressing topics that are on your mind today? Because it's been an eventful week between the Chauvin trial and some shit got stabbed. Apparently, we're not allowed to just have random knife fights in the street anymore. I'm really disappointed yeah, in that. Really tragic. I know. I, like, I've got a nice knife. What am I supposed to do with this thing if I can't just randomly have knife fights in the middle of the street anymore? That's not a knife. <laughs> this yeah. is a knife. Oh, nice. I, I bought this, you know, just so I can have a knife fight myself. Apparently, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Oh, I guess we got to carry our guns everywhere now. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Do you... Uh, I haven't spent enough time in Florida to know what the, the carry laws are like down there. Do you... What? Carry? Uh, do you have to have a permit, or do they have constitutional carry? I would assume. It's yeah, it's, not, uh, it's permit carry. Do you have a permit, and do you regularly carry? Um, I don't have a permit, and I don't want to answer that second question. You know, <laughs> That's, that is totally fair. That is totally fair. <laughs> um. Uh, I expected consequences of me asking questions I didn't think through. <laughs> so, so I do have a permit, and I I carry a hundred percent of the time. And uh, like the only time I'm I don't carry is when I'm at work. And if I had my way, like every time I have to sit through a active shooter drill or an active shooter training, I'm like, if y'all just let me have my fucking gun, this wouldn't be a problem, you know? Yeah. I do plan on getting my carry license eventually. You know, we don't want to break any laws. <laughs> that would be a that would be a tragedy to to break their imaginary laws. Yeah. All, all right. So, what did you think of the what did you think of the Chauvin verdict and the uh, I guess the whole situation surrounding that, since that is the big thing in the news this week. I mean, um, I, I feel like I don't, I don't really know how George Floyd died. Like, I'm, I'm so conflicted about it, like, of how he actually died. But I feel he wouldn't have swallowed the fentanyl if it wasn't illegal. So it's like either way, this he died because of the state. And I feel like someone has to pay for that. 
Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. So how about the... How about the actual, uh, the verdict, <clears throat> excuse me, how about the verdict itself, like the the guilty on all three counts? What do you think about that? I don't know, maybe like third degree? Uh, what was the other one besides the second degree murder? So they, the had a, they charged for second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter, I think it was, it was. It was some degree of manslaughter, and then there was also the third degree murder and the second degree murder. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I didn't think there was any way they could make the second degree murder charge stick. Uh, just just understanding like the the requirements for for that degree. There's no way they could prove that beyond reasonable doubt. So I was really surprised that that stuck. Uh, so do you think there's going to be anything that comes about from that going forward um, as far as, number one, will there actually be any legitimate uh, changes or police reform? And number two, are the charges going to stick long term? Uh, police reform? Uh, I don't think so. Positive. I mean, Huh? Why? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just skeptical about all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, what about you? How do you feel? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Actually, I don't think there's any way that there's any kind of meaningful reform that comes out of this. Like they'll, uh, They'll talk big shit about it for a while, but they'll never actually do anything about it. I mean, it's been pretty, it's been pretty thoroughly proven over the last year that there is no actual political will to make change. That they go out and they placate and they they make all the the right gestures to pretend like they give a shit, but at the end of the day, they really don't. It doesn't matter. And and it honestly, as far as the state is concerned, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. They don't give a fuck about you. Either way, you know, like, yeah. especially where this sort of stuff comes in, uh, like it's it's more uh, it's more financially beneficial to the state to continue to be oppressive and do this type of stuff because then they can extort you for money for having a broken headlight or not using your turn signal or for rolling through a stop sign at two o'clock in the morning when there's literally nobody else on the road except for the guy that was hiding behind the bush over there that pops out to give you a ticket, you know? Uh, so I don't see any way that they actually make any meaningful reform. Uh, and I also don't think the, I think what they'll do with Derek Chauvin is they'll stick him in a cell for about three years and wait until everybody's forgotten that he even exists. And then behind the scenes, they'll play out the full appeals process and he'll be, released and all charges will be dropped entirely. I think it'll be like 10. You think it'll last that long? Yeah. What's the what's the minimum sentence for the manslaughter is what I I would need to look into. Because I think I think you might be onto something there. Like if the minimum sentence for the manslaughter is 10 years, then let him serve that out that way when they do hit the appeal. Uh 
they can say they can just release him on time, sir, and and not even have to go through any bullshit. I think the maximum is ten years. From is that right? I think I remember hearing someone say that a few years ago. I knew. I think for the for the 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 second degree is like forty years, but I wasn't sure about the. I can't remember what the manslaughter uh, sentencing is for that. And then it's going to be what eight to ten weeks before they actually sentence him. So who knows? Maybe by that time, everybody's forgotten about it anyway. I mean. We've got a, you know, we've got new strains of COVID coming out that are going to literally kill everybody who won't wear a mask. So, coming. coming. Well, you live in the free state of Florida, so have you had to actually like wear a mask or go through any of the, any of the bullshit, uh, you know, through all of this COVID stuff? Well, my county never actually um, implemented a mask mandate like at any point but a lot of the businesses here did and uh all my other friends live in a different county that actually did implement their mask so whenever i go see them i actually do have to wear a mask yeah. do do any businesses down there like legitimately enforce that or or is it just like the sign on the door and then they don't even care yeah, the sign of the door. I, I've actually walked into places just without my mask before. And no one ever, no one ever, no one ever says anything to you. They just let it happen because no one cares. Every once in a while, I'll have somebody ask me if I would like a mask and I tell them no. We've, we've only had, uh, over the weekend, my wife and I went to a store and like they required the mask. And so we left because I'm not going to do it. I mean, I wear a mask, you know, just just to do it. I mean, I don't really care that much. I mean, if I don't have to, I won't do it though. Yeah, I just I, I wear mine at work, and that's that's it. Um, just on the principle of the thing, like I'm, I was a lot, uh, I was a lot less militant about it. I guess is the way to, I want uh, the best way to put it. I was a lot less militant about not wearing a mask uh, early on and. Like for the first six or eight months or so, like if if somebody if somebody said you have to wear a mask, then I would wear a mask just to just to not have to deal with any of the bullshit. But like I I, I finally just kind of hit the point that it's like it's never gonna end. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna stop with these lockdowns and they're not gonna stop with the mandates and they're not gonna they're not gonna let anything go back to normal. Like they're going. They're going to redefine normal, and we're never going to see 2019 again. And so, like, I, I when I came to that realization, I just I was done. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play this game anymore. Uh, if that means I I'm not allowed to shop at certain stores, then whatever. Uh, the places that I do actually have a need to shop at don't say anything. So if the places that I don't need to be in, won't let me in without a mask. I'm not really missing out on anything. That's just money that I'm not going to spend. Yeah. Uh, so were you always against the lockdowns or did you like eventually change your mind on them? Let's see. So here, 
they really started to push it at the end of March, early April. And I was never, I was never necessarily in favor of it, but at the onset, I understood the reasoning behind it. I guess, does that make sense? Like, like I did not think that the little lockdown was going to be a good idea. I didn't think it was going to provide any value, but at the same time, the social distancing, wear the mask, the, you know, the, the 15 days to flatten the curve. It's like, okay, you know, if, if this is going to actually help, then I'm not entirely opposed to let's see what happens. But it also became very, very quickly apparent that that was not going to actually be a, what it was. So, so I turned, I turned against it pretty quickly. Uh, before the end of that first 15 days, I was, I'd gone from, okay, this might not be a bad idea to, this is bullshit. We got to just no, 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 we're done. We can't do this shit. It's going to last forever. They're never giving anything back. And I guess that's kind of proven itself right. But yeah, I mean, early on at the very, very beginning, I wasn't entirely opposed to it, even though I may not have thought it was going to be a good idea. That, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, see, for me, I was always against it since it was like, I from the beginning, I was like, I didn't take the virus seriously like at all that was just nonsense like i couldn't really see like what was so different from this virus than like the flu from the beginning but it's like i wasn't really like strongly against it until i started seeing information about how um I, what was it something about how like every for every one percent of unemployment like uh, I forgot the exact stat. Like, I saw something. I saw someone point out a stat about the lockdowns that made me like go strong against it. But it just, yeah, just slipped my mind for a second. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. For every one percent of one of unemployment, something like forty thousand people will die from it. And when I saw that, I like went. I was like, I became strongly against the lockdowns. Like, I started like posting like all this information on my Instagram stories, getting like everyone annoyed at me. Like I wanted to spread all this information around. That's so that was something I got on board with <clears throat> pretty early on once it once it became apparent that uh that the fifteen days to slow the spread and two weeks to flatten the curve was not actually going to last two weeks it was gonna last indefinitely uh i started looking at at a lot of that stuff too because because that's you know people don't like numbers i love numbers i'm a, I'm a huge nerd like numbers just i i can i can live in numbers they, they they get me excited and like you can look at the numbers on how lockdowns and the the impact that the lockdowns have on economic uh aspects like when when people aren't allowed to work and people aren't allowed to actually go make money and then that increases poverty at just exponential rates and the actual impact of people not having money people not being able to work uh the death rates are exponentially higher for people who are put in those situations than they are for people who get covid you know and 
And then, and then when you started looking at uh, like statistics and studies that have been done that show when people don't have jobs, people don't have meaning, people don't have things going on, it in increases depression and increases stress. It increases drug usage. So like suicides and drug-related deaths, all that stuff is going to spike to much, much higher degrees than what you're going to see of COVID deaths. And then as it drug out even further, you started to see that literally everything became a COVID death. They stopped reporting cancer death. They stopped reporting just regular, you know, people dying of old age. Uh, they stopped reporting any suicides, car accidents. Everything became COVID. Like, they were testing people post-mortem. And if they tested positive for COVID after they had already died, even though there was no reason to expect or to suspect that they died of COVID in any way, they would test them after they were dead. And if they tested positive post-mortem, then they would call it a COVID death, even though, you know, it was somebody that died in a car accident or something. Hey, so, so then, like, the numbers are skewed. The numbers don't even, they're not even real. Like, it was just, yeah, I, I, got, I, got, pretty, uh, I got pretty turned off to the whole thing pretty, pretty quickly there. Yeah. So do you have you had any uh have you had any personal experience with with either having COVID, knowing people that have had COVID, uh, you know, people who have who have had friends or family members pass away, like anything like that? Like has it has it had any sort of a personal impact on you as far as all of that goes, or or is it just kind mm -hmm. of a in the ether type thing? I mean, not really. I had an aunt who uh she had breast cancer and COVID at the same time, but she made it through it. That's pretty much it. That's good. How, okay, so that brings up a, another question. How about like the the breast cancer side of that uh, equation? Like, is she able to get treatment and stuff? Well, I guess you're in, if, if you're in Florida, it's probably different. But they actually did like prevent her from getting treatment at first, but um, she was still able to get her treatment, and yeah, she's doing. She, I mean, she doesn't have breast cancer anymore. That's good. That's good. Uh, we had a, so a guy that I, I worked with on stuff here for the, the Libertarian Party here in Indiana. Um, he does like veteran affairs type stuff and he, he does a lot of uh, like charity type work working with uh, foster kids and veterans. And so they had this one guy here that they had gotten him a like it was a homeless veteran and they found him a place to live and they got him all set up and everything. And he also had, I can't remember if it was liver cancer. He had cancer of some sort. And because of the, the governor's uh, restrictions on hospitals and stuff, they weren't allowed to see him or treat him for his cancer because it wasn't COVID related. So eventually like two months later they were able to finally do the surgery to remove the cancer but by that point it had grown and spread so the operation was a lot more intrusive and a lot more involved than what it would have been if they had been able to do it originally and the guy ended up succumbing and and uh he died in like in the recovery process he was never able to actually recover from the surgery and you know 
if they had been allowed to actually perform the surgery two months earlier when they originally had it scheduled instead of having it be deemed non-essential because it wasn't COVID related, you know, the guy might have had a decent chance of living, but instead, you know, they had to, they put his put his procedure off for two months and then only to see his cancer spread and grow because he can't get any level of treatment for it. You know, that's, and there's a lot of stories about that kind of shit that uh, it just, that takes me to a level of pissed off that I I, I don't really even have words to ex explain. You know, it's like, I, I just want to storm the state house and set shit on fire whenever I hear about those sort of things, you know? So. What else you got? Read anything good? Read anything good? Yeah. Um, I read Chaos Theory the other day. Oh, how is it? No, yeah, it was pretty good. Say so it's pretty short. It's pretty short. It's easy. I've got it up there, and it's on my uh, it's on my list, but I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm I'm currently working on enough already. Yeah, I'm trying to read more um, anarchist type stuff. It's like I call myself an anarchist, but you know, I've never read any of these books, so I figured a start. <laughs> well, there are more than plenty out there, and there's a lot of stuff that, uh, like, it's not even there are a lot of there are a lot of really good books that aren't necessarily anarchy or uh, specifically libertarian in nature, but that they're good jumping off points that like they can really kind of help get you in the right mindset. Yeah, I know. I've read uh, Thomas Sowell in the past. I love Thomas Sowell. He is awesome. Yeah. Anything else? Any questions for me? Hmm. How many guns do you own? <laughs> that is such a fed question. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Ten, I think. I can't remember. Oh shit! Kind of got on that level. <laughs> it's, I mean, mostly uh, shotguns and rifles and stuff like, like hunting type stuff. I'm. I grew up very, very country, and uh, if you can't tell by my accent, uh, so I did a lot of hunting and stuff. I need to get a. I need to get a couple more handguns. I mean, I've got two hands and only one handgun. Obviously, that's there's a problem there. Yeah. How about no. you? You got, I mean, you got a pretty imp impressive piece that you've, uh, you know, carrying in your profile picture. Huh? That, uh... yeah, that's actually my friends. <laughs> uh, the shotgun, it was kind of hard for me to cover up everything. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the luck at the time, but that definitely wouldn't have been able to cover up everything. So I just asked him if I could take a picture with his gun. He didn't know what I was doing in his bathroom with his gun, though. So, so has he seen the picture since then? Like, yeah, and he's he's not letting me take any more pictures with his gun. <laughs> you're like, no more photo shoots for you. If this is the way you're gonna behave, like, you're you're cut off. Yeah. Oh, fun. So, you got any hobbies or anything outside of uh, you know shit posting on Twitter? Uh, Jim, Yu-Gi-Oh. Anime. Pretty much it. Pretty much it. All right. <laughs> All right what about you? Uh, <clears throat> I've 
So I've got a I got a bass guitar sitting over there. I play a little bass. I don't I don't I don't necessarily play well, but I uh, fiddle around with it from time to time. And then since I got into doing all this podcast stuff, it's been kind of batshit crazy. Because uh, like I do this. Have you ever have you ever listened to my my show before? No. Ah, uh, see, now you gotta listen. Well. I'm actually following a lot of people on from Twitter on YouTube whose shows I've never seen yet, but I, I want to. I just haven't gotten around to doing it. Let's see. Good start is to uh, to watch your own episode. All right. <laughs> but yeah, since I I got started doing this, so like I I didn't even start doing this show until I was already uh, several months into working for some of the other ones. Like I I do. Uh, I do the YouTube channel for Peddling Fiction Podcast and also run all of his uh, social media, like, or not all of his social media. I do the the Facebook page and then, uh, like, schedule interviews and stuff for him. And then the Lines of Liberty Podcast, I run all of their social media. So all of the clips and videos and stuff, they go up on there. Well, not not all. They uh, Those guys also do stuff, but about 95% of it. Uh, if you ever like a if you ever like a tweet on the lines of liberty Twitter, I probably posted it. <laughs> and then uh, and then I do video work for uh, Counterflow with Buck Johnson and like all of those guys are just awesome to work with and it's it's a lot of fun. So I get to basically I get to uh, I get early access to all of their episodes. Like I get sent the audio and video files of all of that. And so I get to just sit down and go through all of it before it ever even releases and stuff. So like they'll, one of them will like tweet something or post something, uh, kind of teasing the episode, and I'm like, oh, it's so good, it's so good. I can't can't wait for it to come out so I can like just spoil everything for everybody because I've already watched it like three times and made clips and done all this editing and stuff on it. <laughs> Oh, you know, I'm naked right now. See, I teased this on my Wednesday episode. I said I was going to be having a conversation with you. And I said, in the spirit of your uh, profile picture, that we were both going to do the whole interview butt-ass naked. And then I promised everybody that I absolutely would not do that because I do want to still have some level of audience, even though it's only like 10 people. That would that would totally, totally knock out at least eight of those 10, probably. But, but I was like, I make no promises about him. He will probably be butt-ass naked for the whole thing, and we're just going to go with it. And I would expect nothing less, obviously. Yeah, I did it. That's why you're being so careful with your camera angles. Because that would definitely get me banned from YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm well on my way to that anyway, but... If you happen to drop the if you happen to drop the phone, that's it. Like game over. YouTube's just gonna be like, nope, we're done with this dude. He doesn't he doesn't even get to come back. Uh, you can always edit it out afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Put a big smiley face over the top of it. All right, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nothing comes to mind right now. Well, think about it, and we'll come back and do this again sometime. All right. All right. Everybody, the Unicorn Daddy. Go follow him on Twitter. Check him out. He's great. My uh, Twitter husband. (laughs) Later, dude. All right.
start later.